Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean, and we are doing our Celebration 2017 review. And so I figured the best way to really, you know, illustrate to everybody who couldn't come to the Celebration is to actually get people who went to the Celebration and get their, you know, recap and thoughts um, of what they thought about this whole thing. So joining me first off for day one is Mr. E.M. Sir, how are you doing? All right, sir. How are you doing? Hello, purple people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And E.M., man, I, I actually got the chance, uh, the pleasure to meet you in the flesh uh, at the Jesse Johnson concert uh, out there. And I've always seen your picture like on Facebook, so it was great to actually put the face to the name. Uh, but, man, it was, it, was, it was a pleasure to meet you, man. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, it's a like a kind of a long time listener, first time caller kind of deal here. It's a uh, I've really enjoyed your podcast and what you guys do. And uh, first of all, I just want to from the fan base. I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I'm sure many others who don't interact a lot. Just uh, thank you for what you guys do in the podcast community to keep keep the you know keep uh, keep us up to date, keep the community going. You know, even when we can't get together in these celebration times, stuff like that. It's kind of cool to have an outlet for people to kind of get together and. Um, you know, focus on the music and the man and the stuff that we all love, the yeah. stuff that binds us together. So I just wanted to thank you. And I, I know when we had when we when we met at Jesse Johnson's thing, I didn't get a real chance to say that to you, but I just wanted to express that again um, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to you and the other people who podcast. I oh, man, we appreciate it, man. It, it, that was like a we was like in the midst of the funk, man. It was just going down, and it was a crowded uh, bar and club. So it was, yeah. but it was dope. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what I really want to start sure. with is Celebration 2017. So tell me when you first heard about it, and how long from when you heard about it do you said, "Hey, I got to get my ticket." Um. Well, I think I probably joined the official Paisley Park uh, mailing list. So uh, probably from the get go, I, I got I had an email. Uh, actually, that's not true. Because for for some reason, for for a while, they're going to my spam. So it took me a little while to catch to catch that it was a a real thing and to tell tell people to get put to definitely whitelist that that address. I want to be getting information from that. No, I was going to say um, you had it on the uh, crystal ball spam watch. <laughs> that's a joke. But... Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so it um, from the time that it took to get the tickets. I, honestly, I don't remember. I know I, I, my intention was to do the VIP thing. Um, just a matter of getting our schedules worked out. With uh, my wife is very involved in, in community theater, so trying to get you know is this even possible to go? And it yeah. seemed like in the, the time it took for me to um, make the decision that yeah, that you know the, these dates were going to work for us. Uh, the, <laughs> the VIPs went away. It just seemed like. I missed it maybe by maybe twelve hours. You know, I just got ready to buy, pull the pull the trigger and do it, and just didn't get it done. So okay. ended up on a general admission on the track two thing. All right, and uh, so general admission track two. Track two was very popular. Obviously, that that one sold out first. Um, so man, let's really wanted to talk to you about day one, and also before you start with that, had you ever been to Paisley Park previously to this? <laughs> Yeah, I had um, I, I 
really my first time was in probably 1988. I had uh, got fired from a job, and uh, quick quick story, just uh, a couple of me and my friends were all, uh, the three of us were buddies that hang around a lot in high school, and we just, uh, I just decided I'm going to pay for it. I, they, they paid me off in cash when I got fired from this job, and so I, my parents were off in Seattle, and um, I live in I live in Des Moines, Iowa, so it's about a four-hour drive up there. Okay. I uh, stole my mom's car, her <laughs> brand new brand new Honda Prelude. Stole the car, went up there, found the part, went into the uh, lobby. They chased us out, <laughs> and oh, wow. we went and slept in this slept in the Super America parking lot. In the tr- you know, one friend actually slept in the trunk of the car. Oh, but that was our that was my first time up there, and um, I had. Never really gotten into into the park until oh, the mid '90s. I remember the gold the gold experience time because they had the the gold experience stage set up there. And then in the late '90s, I, I attended quite a few parties at that point. And then I did one night of the celebration in 2002. And then um, ah. the the last time I was up there was August of 2014, probably. It just ended up being a dance party, but I took my son up there to uh, give him a exposure to the the feel of what was going on. Wow, so you are hardcore. You said this is uh, 1988 when you first went up there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, That's, yeah. It was right. Love, love, sexy right. time. Pirate. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You said you just walked up in the lobby, huh? <laughs> we did. The gate was open. We rolled in there, <laughs> walked in, and said, "What can we help you with?" Oh, we're just you know checking things out. You know what's <laughs> up with this place and. There's they showed us well. You, there's the Oscar over there, and that little case over there, and the place looked totally different than it does now. So y'all was just about we're gonna do our own tour. It was <laughs> yeah, it was. It was we can, and you know we we ended up finding his someone at the gas station let us know where his Galpin Boulevard house was. So we uh-huh. rolled up into that. It's dark out, and some big dude comes out and intimidated us. We walked. We went away real quick. <laughs> and, uh, that was you know we stick we went down and did a little First Avenue. Um, Went and saw that thing, and okay. then we'll turn around, headed back to Des Moines. Nice man, I, I, I like hearing stuff yeah. like that, man. All right, <laughs> yeah. so celebration 2017, day one, yes, man. Walk us through it. Um, I was in the, the track two. We did the nighttime thing. That when you when you came in, there was a you, we kind of our my my little shuttle was actually late on getting in there for, for day one, so they pretty much said you gotta you better get in there and run to the to the sound stage because there's there's a movie about to start. And I kind of wanted to it was kind of bittersweet because like, I knew where the urn was and wanted to spend a little bit of time there. But basically, we had to you know walk briskly past it in order to, you know they're kind of shooing us in there. So got in there and um, found a seat. And there was pretty packed house, and um, they started up a. Um, film a concert film that probably lasted about oh maybe better part of an hour and it was from um i think it was third eye girl show um probably over in sweden amsterdam but he had given a speech at the end of it which kind of set up the whole celebration kind of nicely because he he gave a little speech during i can't remember what song he was playing but he he was talking about next i'll come to see you next time we see each other it's gonna be at daisy park and he started explaining Oh. you know what kind of environment Paisley Park was to be and um, they kind of set that up as you know you're in Prince's house we're going to respect him we're going to take care of his house this week and so that was cool to see that and I, you know I, I really love the, the third eye girl vibe so that was really cool to see that so I think it was from Amsterdam was was the, the footage there and then yeah. you guys do a meal break is that right yeah exactly Did it, went, had a meal and that's something I wasn't totally prepared for was um, 
how that was all going to work. And kind of looking back, I kind of wish I would have went ahead and got the meal pass. But um, they had, you know, they had a little bit of traffic issues as far as the, you know, that goes. But it's, you know, it's a tight space and a lot of people. So there's not a whole lot you can expect them to do. Did they provide you with food or was that not a part of your package? There was a, well, the, the, it looked like there was a um, a meal pass. And that was kind of like you could go to this little area at the end of the tent. that was kind of buffet style stuff and more like an all-you-can-eat kind of deal. That's how people going back to the line. And alternatively, they have cut a window and door into the side of the building and they have a, the little window you go up and you pay. There's, I think it's like 12 bucks for a grilled cheese sandwich and uh, like 5 bucks for a piece of cake. And, uh, you know, it was 20 some bucks for it – was, it was filling, but it was, you know, it was a fancy grilled cheese sandwich. It wasn't a regular – you know, it wasn't Kraft and Wonder Bread. It was, you know, it was some fancy stuff. Pay, paisley bread. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> now, did so they, did, yeah, did that. But, I was going to say, did they serve any pancakes? Uh, you know, no. It was mentioned several times. I didn't see that. I, you know, I didn't even think about it. But that would have been, that would have been appropriate. All right. But now there was throughout the four days, I didn't see a pancake mm. being consumed at all. That, that's a that's a note for, that, for Paisley Park for next time. Have the uh, Mrs. Butterworth popping off like that. <laughs> that's, that's right. There's some angel mime in there. That's right. You had to do. You had to go there. Um. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant. That's what, sorry. I didn't think about that. Hilarious. That's what's in my cupboard. That's what's in my cupboard. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> All right. Um, so you got the meal break. Uh, everybody's breaking bread, having a good time. The next yeah, thing up yeah. is the NPG panel. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. I'm that's right. They could go back. It was kind of cool because Taika was actually in there with us at that oh, point. Oh, okay. So... So they, they, she was she was real cool throughout the whole thing. I really appreciated what she what she put together there. But she was there, that you know, I was able to. I didn't meet her yet. There was a there was a time later on in the in the week where that was that was a possibility. And but there was just kind of sitting next to her and um, her people were kind of right there. And you can see they interact with the fans, and that was pretty cool of her just to be out, you know, mulling about with people. And nice. you just really felt the love with that kind of thing. I just wanted to get that in there. That it was pretty important to yeah. as a fan to be. Yeah, you because know, that's how it was in Prince's house. You know, Prince would just be right there. Right. And so it right. felt cool that she was just okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do like he did, and I'm just I'm just here among my people. So now we we go back into the soundstage area, right? And yep, yep. Went back to the soundstage, and then we had the NPG panel that was the NPG from '89 uh, to 2000. Okay, now who was up there? Who who they have up there? Uh, I believe Damon, Tony. Um, Mr. Hay, Morris Hayes, and uh, there's a fourth, and oh my gosh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, Levi? Le- yeah, Levi. yeah, it was Levi. Yep, absolutely, Levi. And so what sort of things did they talk about? Did they take questions? Kind of tell us about that. No, they didn't do a, they didn't do a common contact panel where you do questions. It was, um, they they had, um, I can't remember who moderated that one. Um, Somebody was up there asking questions. Was moderating. Oh, it was a local local DJ. He, he did a pretty good job at asking some questions. And that one, um, they kind of told some stories. I think I've heard elsewhere um, about how the, you know, the, they did they did reveal that they, they never they never liked the name Game Boys. Uh, Tony was talking about how we said we hated that name, but it was already in print before we ever heard it, so it's just what it was. But because hmm. I think someone shouted out Game Boys, and he said, "No, that's a video game." We, you know, it's a, <laughs> that's what we were. We were TK TKJ, whatever they whatever they called themselves. Oh yeah, Morris Hayes. He had this great story about he kind of addressed the hypocrisy of Prince's cover thing, and he um, 
there's a really, really cute story about how Morris, I guess, at one point had confronted him, and uh, Prince told him, you know, that, well, it's different. And he kind of went into that little uh, Jamie Starr, Morris voice. He said, I did, uh, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm doing what they meant to do. <laughs> so, so, so Prince was, was claiming that, you know, uh, it's cool because I'm doing what they're supposed to be doing. But, but since, you know, they're, when they're covering my songs, they're not doing it how it's supposed to be done. Wow. <laughs> okay. so that was, that was, I mean, that was, that was a gut buster. And there was, there was a lot of laughter over that, just to think that, you know, Prince had that, that vision and that ego kind of to say, you know, this is, this is how it's supposed to be done. So it's cool for me to do it. Right. But it don't, it don't go the other way, you know? <laughs> so I'm, print, I'm Prince and I say so. <laughs> this is exactly, right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, did, did, I was curious, did anyone, and I think I saw something about this, about uh, Tony M's rapping. He took, in terms of how it wasn't received so well at the time. Mm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. That's so, yeah, he, I mean, he just basically said that, you know, there, he understood that the community wasn't quite ready for that yet. And, um, mm. but there was some pushback and that there was, you know, he introduced something new and, um, not everyone's down with it. So he understood that. And, um, you know, I really appreciated that, you know, I, frankly, I was never a big fan of it myself, but, um, you know, I appreciate that he understood that that had its it was a it was it had its place, and you know, it's it's part of Prince's Prince's history now. How, how was the crowd during all of this stuff? Was I see pictures and it looks like it was a pretty packed uh, seat. Yeah, it was uh, respect. You know, it's kind of that's the Paisley that's the beauty of the Paisley Park experience that I've always had is it's you know there's there's a lot of people, but there's there's always respect. There's always people. Um. You just don't see a whole lot of negativity. So as far as the vibe, the vibe was, there's a lot of energy. First of all, you talk about day one, so there's a lot of anticipation and people are just, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are overjoyed like myself to be there and to be, you know, back in the, back in the park and, um, to be experiencing new stuff there. And, uh, so they just, I mean, I hate to say it, it felt kind of like a love fest. It was just, I, you know, I'm not you're naturally an extroverted person, but I went by myself and, um, knew I had to. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of cool to just to talk to people and meet people from all, uh, I mean, literally all over the world and just to have this common bond. So there's always, there's just, there's this energy, there's this vibe that, you know, it's low key, but it's there. And it's just like, there's no division. And that's, that's always been what's been the attractive part of the whole, the whole Prince thing to me. Yeah, definitely. Now, also, I wanted to ask you before we go on, uh, did you meet anybody there that maybe, I don't know, you saw them on Facebook or some other thing and you're like, Oh, Hey, I know you or. Uh, other than yourself. Um, yeah, Dr. Funk, I met him on a tour just briefly. And, um, Dr. Funkenberry, I should say, um, otherwise I don't, you know, I don't, I watch a lot. I don't comment a lot on stuff or interact a whole lot because sometimes that gets into the, you know the nitpicky stuff, and I don't, I don't want to be in that stuff. And uh, I definitely have my opinions on some of that stuff, but right. I know if I if I just throw it out there, I'm just I'm just you know stirring up the swarm of bees, and it's it's <laughs> it doesn't typically you don't you don't really change anybody's mind, so I just kind of stay away and keep my my opinions to myself. So with that, there's not a whole lot of people that I've met online and interacted with a whole lot. Okay. to have met that was kind of cool to to understand it was it surprised me that the people that i met haven't been there as much as i have and i kind of felt mm. strange. i didn't i think well i mean the people who were local had it good 
And, uh, you know, I'm semi-local being three or four hours away, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people who even live there locally and just never went and saw them. And, right. I, you know, it's just kind of kind of cool to be able to talk to people and you know more than most of the time when i was talking to new people they were kind of they're kind of taken from me you know kind of some of some of my kind of stories you know okay and uh all right um so mpg what's after that what happens next uh it had a um i think it was a panel yeah it was a panel on the guitars they had guitar test takumi and um uh, I don't remember the other gentleman's name because Takumi was somebody who I actually really wanted to talk to. Actually, he and I through Facebook I've met, and I've, I actually I bought one of the um, Schecters back in the MPG Music Club days and had some questions about it. And I've seen him walk, you know, walking around and stuff. But they did the panel and had some some uh, really cool stories that came out of that. One of the most interesting things that I learned from Takumi during the panel was Prince never broke a string. And that, that just floored me. As much as he played, and you know, for you know, this, this guy was a tech for you know over a decade. And to think that he, he just said he was such a finesse player with such a good touch on the guitar, he never broke a string. Uh, I think the other guy up there was uh, Dave Russin was his name. Oh yeah, how could I forget that? Yeah, the guy who built the cloud guitar. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah that was cool. And you know, I've read some some of the stories that he the stories that he shared. If you dig deep enough as a Prince fan, you'll find those same stories online about how it, how the whole thing came to be. And he had this very tight time frame to to get it done. And um, he kind of started off that since he was the first day. It's kind of the first story that kind of set that theme of when Prince wanted something from you, he made you believe that you could do it, and you actually you actually got it done. So he was. He was the first person to be up on a panel where he just kind of set that tone of people telling stories about, because Prince believed in me to do it, mm -hmm. I did it. Okay, wow. Wow, wow. Um, also, did you feel like the panels had adequate time to get everything out? Oh, I could I could do those all day long, so I'd, never, I'd probably never have enough time. But, <laughs> you know, I, if they could open up the microphone, I'd talk the ear off. I mean, <laughs> Takumi and I, you know, I've already... To message him, I've had a long conversation with him already. I got each question begets two more questions, you know. <laughs> so, gotcha. so the deep, yeah. So uh, it was a little tight, and um, there were some panels that were moderated better than others. But um, I mean, you know, you got you got five hours and basically five events to get done, and mm -hmm. so it's you know they they packed it in, and there was a, they they kept the flow going pretty good. I you know I I really commend them on a, for our first effort it's pretty good okay uh all right so we do the guitar techs and then uh what's next then we have the surprise special guest ah. which ended up being george clinton in parliament funkadelic wow <laughs> that's pretty and that was that was a bucket list item for me to see george clinton i had seen him perform with prince in the late 90s, he'd come up on stage a few times, and he just got, you know, did his barking dog thing a little bit, but he wasn't, it wasn't a full George Clinton concert. Um, so this was, um, this was cool to see. Um, I have some other opinions on some of the stuff that I suppose maybe this is the time to air them out a little bit. Um, it was cool to see. It was, I kind of heard someone mention, because I was on the track two, so we were the second one of the day. Mm -hmm. So in the crossover, some people kind of leaked who it was, it was, it was a surprise guest. So I had a, I had a hunch. Uh. 
they came out and they did their full Parliament Funkadelic. We had uh, a new uh, Sir Nose Devoid, and um, he did his thing, and the Brides of, of Funkenstein were there. And um, hmm. it was, but it, it was, like I said, it's a bucket list item for me to see George Clinton. Wow. And to see him in Paisley Park is uh, pretty amazing unto itself. That was. It was. Yeah. Wow. That's also, uh, and cut, cut this if you want to, but there was, since it was 420, and looking at the timeline and stuff, I'm thinking it's kind of weird that we're in the house, you know, mm-hmm. a, a year to the date, uh, you know, of, of his passing. And, um, you know, it was. I I, I, let, I gotta be honest with you. I left her a little bit because they got they the, they got you know the language is flying right, <laughs> which I don't mind. But this is Prince's house, and right. we know what his his thoughts were on that stuff. Right, right. And on top of that, it's a year ago today. You know, can we? I kind of thought, can we cool it on that on that language and you know the the dancing naked ladies and, and just today. You know, can we? That kind of was like. Eh. Not today, man. Not today. Hmm. All right. I, I could see it so both that, ways. I, and I, yeah. yeah and, I, and I knew that's why, you know, I won't make a big deal out of it. But I, I, there were other people that were, I saw a few other people were kind of, like, oh, I don't know about this, man. And I saw some people sitting down, you know, they were up on our feet. And there were some times where like people were like, eh, you know, we're respect. It's kind of, I thought, well, we're respecting the, we're definitely respecting the cell phone rule, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, they told us to respect this house. You know, but we knew there were other rules that were in place that um, we're not necessarily respecting, and that just out of respect. It's not like I well, I got nothing against it personally. If it was over at Excel Energy Center, I'd be all into it. But it was just kind of more like the moment was maybe not right. I understood. You mentioned the cell phones. I was yeah. curious, how did they handle that? Did you have to give them up before you went inside, or did they let you keep them with you? Thankfully, no. Um, the first night, I didn't know. They tell you to turn your cell phone off. And I didn't know, so I put turn it off, and they put it in this little gray, kind of like a neoprene sleeve, and um, there's a, some kind of locking mechanism that keeps you from opening it up. So it's almost like a old school cigarette case. Oh, okay. For your cell phone, really, you know, a little clasp at the top, and then when you exit the building, there's some little magnetic thing they put this thing on, and it releases the clasp, and you pull your cell phone back out. So mm-hmm. you had it with you at all times, and um, so then the first night, yeah. It, I, I turned mine totally off, you know, I logged out of it and everything. And, um, but then I realized that I didn't really have to do that. All I needed to do is silence it. For, so, the, so for the rest of the time I had, I've got an Apple watch, so they didn't take my watch off me. I was able to still text my family and stuff through, you know, just using my Apple watch. Ah. And, um, so I still had access to lots of information. I still told my family, leave me alone. This is my time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> It was cool. It was cool because I'm just as a father of kids. It was like I was a little nervous about if, if something comes up. I want my family to be able to get a hold of me. And right. you know, I even emailed the, the staff about that. So they, you know, is there a phone number? Should my should something happen? I've got a kid with some. I've got a son with some health issues, and you know, yeah. uh, I'm a grown man now. I just got to take care of my family, and I got to have access to communication. You know, so they they were cool and just said, you know, if you need to. Um. You know, we can always take it off for you, and you can get if you need your your phone, we'll, we'll let you get back to it. And I just and it took me a couple of days to even realize that if you went out in the food tent, you could have your phone back. So it's as soon as you enter exit uh, the physical building, you're able to have your phone again. Wow! So it wasn't as it wasn't it wasn't as oppressive as I envisioned walking into it. There's a lot more freedom with your phone than I thought there was going to be. 
Yeah, I was going to say, as technology advances, it would be interesting to see how they deal with that because when you get into things like, uh, you know, smart glasses, uh, mm-hmm. you know, dare yeah. I say, contact lenses. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. Know, it's like, it's going to be very interesting how they try to handle that stuff. Yeah, so it's... Uh, then we'll see the Prince stance on technology versus the advancement in technology to be to see what, what goes on. Um, all right. So George Clinton uh, finishes it out for you guys. And now uh, I understand when you exit the building, are you guys getting going into buses to take you back to a parking lot or something? Yep. Yep. They, they, um, they exit the building. Of course, all this time you kind of got your group. We were grouping the we're broken in groups A, B, C, and D and E. Okay. And so I was in group E. So you kind of have a tour guide person who's holding up a sign, kind of telling you where you're supposed to go each, you know, because it kind of rotates you through these different panels and mm. meal times and whatnot. Um, so you you kind of used to see these signs, and then then you go outside and they're taking your cell phones off. Of course, it, you know it's it's ten o'clock at night, so it's dark and it's getting cold up there, you know. Mm. And um, so you just look for you just there. You, you exit through what used to be the parking lot. Uh, there to the west side of the building, and uh, they got turnstiles—or not turnstiles, but those little you know rope things—taking guiding people through. You know, here's people who are going to the parking garage, and you know, of course, they had their their you know five or six hotels that they kind of were cooperating with, and they got you in the shuttles. You know, got those got the shuttles and buses out of there, and um, so that you know that, that flowed pretty well too. You know, it seemed like they kind of knew. From my perspective, I see that the Bloomington or the Sheraton Bloomington, and they seemed like they, they kind of knew how many people were going to be there, and they kind of had the appropriate size shuttle buses, you know, and if they, there was more than one, it seemed like there was just the right, just the right amount to get people covered. So, like, again, uh, like I said, hats off to the, the people who put this on. You know, there's there's some, like with anything, there's some things to take away that can be approved upon, but, you know, the, that stuff was put together pretty well, and I I think they did a great job. All right. Uh, real quick before we finish off, this day one here. Sure. Uh, just want to again. I want to. I want to send this. We're going to send the message to uh, you know Graceland, Graceland Productions or whatever, and Paisley Park and stuff, and you know let them know like what did you like and what you didn't like. So if you could say there were some things to improve upon, what would be a couple of those? Uh, something that yeah, um, merchandising, and that's the, he. He even I can't. There's a fellow there. You could kind of tell he was in charge of the whole deal. Um, he acknowledged that there was a, a shortage of merchandise and merchandising was held. It's kind of where it always was. Even back when parents was holding parties kind of out the right outside the sound stage doors there between the, where the NPG music club and the sound stage and the bathrooms all come together. There's this little place. He's, you know, was a retail area and it just, for that many people wanting that many stuff, that much stuff, you know, it was, it was kind of slow. It took me till the fourth day to get, you know, and I actually had to leave one of the things early to get my stuff that I wanted to get because it was always like, well, either I'm going to buy some stuff or I'm going to miss something. Mm-hmm. And they shut it down in between things. So I think and they've, they've acknowledged that, they, first of all, they need more merchandise, and they probably they might need to set up a separate area with better flow because it was right in the middle where those three things intersect, which is, you know, the MPG club, the soundstage, the, the food tent, and going outside, actually four things, and the bathrooms. There's five things colliding right there. And then you throw the merchandise table in the middle of all that, and you got you got quite a traffic jam. And, you know, that room's not that big. It's maybe 20 foot by 30 foot, really. So it's, you know, there's a lot of people trying to cut through lines and get to where they want to go. So even some ropes 
you know, something kind of roping off what this is the line for. And um, that's the one area that I think needed to improve is just that that area of the building should probably be not a, not the best place for merchandise to be set up. All right. Um, anything else? Uh, no, it's a, uh, it was really cool. It was, um, I got the, the tour walkthrough was, was, appropriately timed for what we got to see. And I think there's still some VIP stuff that even, you know, the normal VIP versus general mission tours, I think that, um, since I was on general mission, there's probably some stuff you didn't quite get to see. And, um, but there's, they set some stuff up, some stuff up cool. And it was, it was good to go through the tour. All right. And also lastly, what would you, um, love to see for next year? Oh boy. You know, it's that's tough because there's seeing the you know the revolution was the second day and that was that was the reason for going really because I just they were you know and her party was out I was thirteen years old there's no way my folks were letting me go see that show so I never got to see the revolution so that was that the most tears for me came just seeing and you know there were tears of joy seeing the revolution play finally and also to realize that it was probably the I think someone had mentioned and I overheard this I don't know if it's true but that's really was the first time they had ever been in Paisley Park because it was opened after he had disbanded the group and I never really thought of that timeline and that was cool so as far as next year um, I think just, you know more of the same um, yeah, I would like to have seen a, a, a third eye girl show kind of all onto its own. They kind of mix it in with the NPG mm. thing. And it didn't, you know, the two different styles that kind of didn't jibe. Um, okay. So that, and you know, honestly, do what Prince would have did, which is promote new artists, get some other people in there who got, you know, mm. who got that same vibe going in their music, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, that's what the celebrations were, you know, back in the early two thousands was, was Prince celebrating his music, but also he brought along, you know, Alicia Keys and Nora Jones and, some of those other acts that you know they're, they're big they're they're good size, they're good names now and um you know i think that that's because obviously this is the first year so it had its, its time right. and there's always going to be time for reflection but you know prince is a let's let's i think prince was a let's move on kind of guy so you know next year let's let's look in the community and let's get some get some new stuff going let's get let's let's feed these uh fans some you know some new meat kind of with with some new acts and stuff and okay. promote some people. Got it, got it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna keep pushing this, but what I would love to see is two things. One, have like some real either movie night or concert night where you just show like the whole like yo here's a show you didn't even know existed. Blam, you know let's yeah. let's show that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Uh, right. and, and it doesn't have to be something that's released. It's like, no, this is for the celebration only. The, you know, kind of like when you think yeah. of like Comic-Con and you know when you go there to see some of those movie right. stuff, you're only going to see exclusive footage that's only going to be seen there for the people who can. That's true. So I would that's love... That's true. This, for the first community, yeah, this is, this is our Comic-Con. You're right. This, that's, yeah. That kind of thing would be like, cool. Yeah, they, got, they have a whole vault. <laughs> so I'm like there's tons of right. videos in there like even if they just show yeah we're gonna show you guys yeah. um we're gonna do a panel on a rehearsal or something and let's just show we're gonna show you some rehearsal from love sexy oh yeah or whatever you right. know some of that type of stuff the other thing would be we're gonna keep moving the other thing would be is uh get somebody or however you figure out but curate some music so say okay again 
we may not be releasing this. This is just for people that are here. But we're going to open the music vault and we're going to, you know, we mix down these 10 songs. You know, maybe, oh, yeah. maybe we're just right. going to deal with, you know, 1981 or something. And these are songs that you have. You might have heard some of these on bootleg. But listen, we went re- we mixed them again. We mixed them. These are studio versions. Right. Let's play these. We'll all just sit here and listen to these 10 songs and then talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would just like That'd that's, cool. that's yeah. the opportunity to do that type of stuff. You ain't got to worry about the release yeah. and all that. No one's recording it. You know, it's just here yeah. and special. So that's what I would I would push uh, moving forward. That's a great idea. Uh, Plus, yeah. it also honors what he's doing. He, he was doing the listing parties. He was doing the celebration mm-hmm. with the Rainbow Children listing stuff. Exactly. You know, so that, yeah, that's right in the vein of what he was doing at celebrations already. So that's a, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's given us what I would hope we want anyway. We want to we want to see yeah. Prince perform that <laughs> we haven't seen before, right? and we want to hear some dope music that we ain't never heard before. So that's I right. mean, that's, that's right. I would pay yeah. gladly pay whatever they charge and what they normally charge, and I would. I would that'd be great because um, you're going to run out of Absolutely. sort of artists associated to bring after a while. So why not we just yeah deal with what right. it is we want anyway? Um, lastly, we wanted to ask you about this uh, Jesse Johnson. Jesse performed uh, a three night stand at Bunkers, which is a local right. uh, club there, and uh, I actually got an opportunity to go to uh, one of the nights for sure, and that's why I saw you there. And I have never seen Jesse Johnson play live in my life in person. Uh, a huge fan, have all the albums, the, the first three. I know them note for note, word for word. So I was so hyped to see Jesse on stage. And just real quick, I enjoyed myself to the fullest. It was amazing. You know, I really, it was interesting because the place was so packed and, uh, yeah. So it's hard to get because me, I love to just be smack dab in the front, you know, getting it in. Now, I understand from my own yeah. personal, I, I'm, I'm a little older now, so I, I can't go crazy like I used to, be, you know, all up in the front. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a small enough pushing club. Pushing shoulders, pushing, yeah, right. through people, pushing that shoulder in, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that Those days might be behind me somewhat, but uh, it was small enough where you could hear and feel it and see it and it was it was it's beautiful but what did you think of the show um you, i i it was also my first time seeing jesse i'm not as familiar with his stuff as you are obviously it was actually that's the first i just bought verbal penetration there ah. um so it was cool to see someone that's just it, i wanted to see him i i knew that he had I had, I had kind of did the Facebook live thing and when he and michael bland and sonny did that jimmy jimmy Hendricks thing over at um First Avenue, so I knew that he could rip that guitar. And um, with the absence of, you know, Prince, I got, you know, I like to see somebody rip that guitar. And it was, it was cool to see him do that. And actually, it, uh, I was already a fan. I, I remember some of his stuff, like on the, some soundtrack stuff back in the day, and some of his bigger hits. And um, I love the the original Sevens album and the stuff, the work he did on that. So I knew that I liked him a lot. And um, but now I've got a new appreciation for him. And um, so that's kind of like, it fits feels the whole vibe of the whole celebration, which is, you know, I, I got to celebrate Prince and his music, but I've also got a, now I've got a new avenue for uh, discovering someone who uh, is going to be putting out more stuff and um, I can follow that person. So that was cool. And it was a crazy night and it was a packed crowd. There was a lot of distraction and, um, <laughs> it, you know, it was, uh, 
it was an interesting night for me, to say the least, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> right, I, I know what the distractions. Yeah, we we talked about, yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. I gotta say is, I guess you still got it. How about that? You feel, feel good? I don't, I don't. <laughs> I think I just got it for the first time because I don't think I ever had it before then. Oh, so, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, I was a fish out of water. Going, what's all this about? Hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well yeah it was a cool crowd man it was uh like i said it was yeah. it was it was just a purple family um that's what was so dope about it and it was interesting i've only been to minneapolis a few times not like you but it reminded me like when i went to prince concerts locally and it's just the 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 vibe of the audience is unlike any other show for the most part yeah. because it is so uh respectful really uh everyone is very yeah. nice uh, and it was the whole Minneapolis was like that, and, and being in like in bunkers, and normally a club like that, and it's so packed. Man, you stepped on my shoe. Excuse me. You know, it, it was none of that. It was like if somebody no. bumped, bumped you or something. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. You okay? Oh, I'm good, man. You good? All right, man. Yeah. You know, so it was just it was excellent, yeah. man. All right, man. We got to wrap up day one, but EM, I appreciate and love you coming on, man. Again, dope meeting you in the person. Um, where can people find you online if they want to uh, ask you some other questions? Um, I'm on Facebook, just E.M. Leonard, and this E.M. is just my initials. And uh, it's a black-white photo with a dude with a big mustache. That's me. <laughs> the mustache <laughs> the mustache and beard is real. I was like, that's him? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not Photoshop. That's, that's wax. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's on the wax. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, E.M., man. Thanks again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We are going to jump into day two through four when we come back. And as I always say, work it like a job, but we're not going nowhere. So listen to this and we'll be back. Just love me and I give you my 
That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from our little break there. So you just heard day one. And while we had that little musical break there, through the magic of podcast editing, I have a whole other group of people on the show. So joining me right now is Mr. Big Sexy and Sax, or how are you? I'm well. I'm well. I dropped off the rain. Where were to get repaired? They stuck me in a forerunner, but that's all right. Oh, you're going to work it out. I'm going to work it out. Oh, it's going to get worked out. All right. Also joining me, he's live. He might be from Paisley Park in the vault, but uh, he's getting a signal. Mr. Sean Hill, sir, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, another great day in Northern Cal and uh, ready to get it on. All right. Now, we've got some special guests, maybe some new family members joining us today. First off, we have Kanisa. How are you? I'm doing well. Hello, everyone. And for those who are paying attention, uh, Kanisa posted a great uh, review, recap of the celebration on Podcast Juice. So we're going to clap our hands for her. Yay! Yay! All right. We'll give it a Jesse Johnson horns and uh, as a thank you salute. So definitely thank you for that. Also joining us is another Prince fan that just happened to meet through Kanisa, uh, Miss Stephanie. How are you? Hi. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. So what we're going to do today, as I said earlier before the break, is we're going to talk about Celebration 2017, day two through four. And we're going to walk you through it, talk about things that we've seen there and some things that we may want to see for next year. So uh, let's be clear. Uh, the people who went to the celebration that are on this call would be Stephanie and Kanisa. Uh, myself, I was in Minneapolis, but I did not have a chance to go to the celebration. So I'm just going to sort of moderate with that. And of course, we have Sean Hill and Big Sexy as well. So let's start off. I want to ask uh, Kanisa and Stephanie this question. When you initially heard of the celebration that they were going to have, I wanted to know, like, uh, well, what did you think about it when you heard about it? And then how long between when you said, you know, let's get some tickets. So we'll start with, start with Stephanie. Um, so Kanisa was actually the one who messaged me about the celebration. Um, and initially when I saw the price, I was like, a little out of my price range. Um, but I'll keep my eye on it just to see. Um, and this was, it had to be only a few short weeks after we had come back from the tribute. Um, so I, you know, I said, I'll keep my eye on it, you know, see if tickets start to sell out and then I'll make a decision, um, you know, a little later on as it gets closer. <laughs> In, I think, December, um, I get a message from Kanisa saying, hey, VIP is selling out. They're saying that general admission is selling out should we go ahead and buy? And I couldn't answer her because I was in the middle of, um, I was actually in the middle of church. And um, so she's like, so she's having a whole conversation with me that I can't answer, but I'm looking at, and it's just the progression of, 
should I do it? Should I get, <laughs> should I get VIP? Should I get general admission? Track one or track two? And then the very last message is, I bought it. And I was like, no, <laughs> if you bought it, that means I have to buy it. So immediately after church, I bought my ticket. And that was pretty much what happened. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Kanisa, how about you? Well, I guess we kind of heard what your story was, but. Yeah, I mean, I was really annoyed because um, <laughs> there's a whole, he's not there, what's the point? And it's just going to be a bunch of people telling stories and maybe mm-hmm. some like, I was there and I was important type things. But then um, I, I know I'd hate myself if things were going on at Paisley Park and we weren't there. So it's like, I just got to do it. Just got to do it. So basically that was the just behind it. All right. Also, um we got to put this out there. So both of you guys also have uh, very excellent Tumblr prints related websites, right? Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and we're going to shout those out. So, I mean, I'm just trying to sort of, you know, set the stage here. So you guys are definitely doing prints related things online. Um, I wanted to ask, have either one of you, besides the tribute situation, had you ever been to Paisley Park or Minneapolis before? No, that was my first time being out there in October. Wow, okay. Yep, same. Okay. Now, when you went back in October, did you have a chance to go to Paisley Park? I can't remember if they were doing tours at that point or not. We did. We did the VIP tour while we were up there. Okay. And then was that your first time being there at that point? Yeah. Yeah, it was right before they locked it down, so... Mm -hmm. We did get to be by the piano and things like that. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't you. When y'all went under laying on the piano now. We? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. But it's interesting. The people that were were on my plane going out to Minneapolis. I recognized the guy, um, not the girl, but the guy. He was on my plane, and I was like, "Oh, come on, man! You represent Cali bad." See <laughs> <laughs> so how your West Coast out there acting the fool. Uh, Mike, you're West Coast as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> True that. True that. All right. So, uh, okay. So, you guys have been out there before. All right. So, let's speed it up. You, day two, uh, talked about day one already. You guys are going back for day two. You get on your uh, coach bus or was it a shuttle bus or something? Takes you to Paisley Park. So, so, so walk me through from there. And we'll start with Kanisa. Yeah. So, day two was, um, I believe it was uh, Friday. So, the 21st. Um, well, we, we were hoping that it would be kind of like a, a celebratory thing, obviously, given that it was the anniversary and both of us are really kind of the, let's celebrate him rather than cry every day about him type. So we're like, okay, so how are they going to play this today? And we were joking before we went, as we're getting ready saying, oh, I hope you don't do the piano and the microphone because that would be so sad and just make everybody down. And so the Mars comes out and she's kind of understated as she usually was in the morning and she was just like a year ago today we all gained an ancestor and be proud of the love that you have for Prince is greater than your sorrow which I really appreciated and just kind of you know giving reflections and then she announced that the show we would see is that piano and a microphone that was filmed on the stage before us and the whole crowd kind of gasped but then we were excited and um yeah and so that's the first thing that we saw on the 21st Wow, um, that's that's crazy because I I was at that show. I think it was the, the second show that I went to. But what was the vibe of the crowd when that played? I don't it, like Kanisa said at first. Everyone kind of gasped, and I, I think the feeling was we don't want to see this. But it was such a phenomenal performance. 
um, it immediately went into, for me at least, it immediately went into, okay, this is fantastic. I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, like Kanisa said in her in her review, he was very chatty, and um, there were some, you know, very deep parts of it when he, you know, was taking us to his childhood and stuff like that. But overall, I, I didn't come out of it feeling even more depressed or what have you. Um, it it was amazing. All right. Yeah, I mean, I remember hearing some people like, you know, doing the church. Uh, falling apart yelling type thing. Um, but I guess it depends on how you process your grief. Uh, I know there are some people crying because I could hear it. You can hear sniffles, but yeah. All right, all right. The the church falling apart part? Was <laughs> yeah, like someone like yells out. <laughs> They're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And you could just hear them wailing a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's someone, yeah. someone banner, someone helper. Oh, you mean inside the, the soundstage where you guys like in the audience? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Somebody got the Holy Ghost up in there. Okay. Yeah, somebody come get her. That's what it was. Wow. Okay. Hey, that's an emotional time, man. Very. I could understand it. All right. So you guys watched that performance. And then I think what comes next is, in my mind, a headbuster moment. But uh, I will let you guys tell it. So what happens after that? Uh, Next was the revolution panel. Um, I'll let Steph talk about that one. (laughs) All right. So um, the revolution panel, that was pretty surreal for me because I am a huge revolution fan. Um, It was all of the members, um, aside from like the pre-revolution, like Des and whatnot. So we had Wendy, Lisa, Bobby, uh, Brown Mark. And uh, and Dr. Fink for the panel. Um, it was it was some it was some nice stories that they told. Of a few of them were ones that we had heard before. Um, one that Kanisa highlighted in her um, review, which I really loved, was Wendy talking about her first show and being nervous, and um, Prince telling her basically, when you're nervous, use that feeling and cut your body and mind in half, and you'll play right on or behind the beat and that's where the funk is i really really love that story um i just thought it was so very prince of him to say something like that's where the funk is i love that um what other stories did they tell um they told stories about the acting classes they told stories about the the barfing story i don't know if you guys remember the barfing story about uh, Dr. Fink being on the plane, how Prince loved him to <laughs> act like he was really, really sick on the plane when the stewardess came by. He told that story again. Oh, um, interesting. Around the world and the day was completed before Purple Rain tour even jumped mm-hmm. off, which I thought was incredible. Um, right. And I think that's that's all I can remember. Nisa was the archivist, so she wrote all this stuff down. <laughs> I'm just going basically from memory, but um, just being so close. So we were we were pretty much in the front row to the right the entire time that we were there in the soundstage. So just having that proximity to these people, it was surreal for me. I, I couldn't believe that I was there one and then two seeing them so closely. These people that I grew up listening to, loving, um, just. It was incredible. <laughs> did they take any questions from the audience at all? Or? They didn't. I was hoping that they would, and that's probably something that I would suggest for next year's celebration. Um, but on the other hand, 
because it's his first run, I can see why they wouldn't just let the stories be told. Let's let's get all that stuff out there. And then as the celebrations go on, you know, we can get deeper as, you know, have fans ask questions, stuff like that. Got it. Got it. Got it. I, I agree like that. Like if they had a program or something that um, said how everybody's origin stories kicked off instead of mm-hmm. spending that time during a panel to do that, mm. then the panel could have more time with the questions. That's a good that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and the the panels themselves were short anyway. Each one was only about thirty five minutes. So, being able to get into anything other than origin stories is very unlikely. I love it. It almost sounds like we're talking about a Marvel movie or something. Origin origin stories. (laughs) Um, So after the revolution, uh, what happens next? You guys go on a meal break. Is that right? That was uh, well for that time. I wanted to get in the merch line to get a tambourine that day, but um, that meal bake was usually music videos according to whatever performance was that day, mm-hmm. and um, some nice meals. Um, if you had VIP, then you had the catered meal in the back, and if you didn't, you can just get it from the little shop area that they had. Now, did you got did you get a meal, Stephanie? What'd you get? Um, I don't think I got a meal this day, um, but I did, we did eat twice there. Um, I am nowhere near a vegetarian, <laughs> but the food that they offered was really good. Um, I got a salad at some point, like a Greek salad, and it was so good. Um, I th- think at one point, Kanisa got a, uh, grilled cheese with apple and gouda and whatnot. Uh, yeah. All of it delicious. All of it. And like I said, nowhere near vegetarian here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still disappointed they didn't have the pancakes. I, I just thought that no was... No pancakes. Yeah. Not a single pancake. <laughs> Not a flapjack in the house. Oh, <laughs> that's for next year. All right. Um, so let's move... In. We're moving back in, into the building, I understand. And then I think the, the Steve Park, uh, Randy St. Nicholas panel. Talk to us a little bit about what that was about. Okay. Um, the iconography panel um, was just, again, more origin stories about how Steve Park, Ashton, and uh, Randy started with him um, and what it was like during their time with him. Um, so for Ashton and Steve, it was very similar, their origin stories. Um, basically, them doing things that really didn't pertain to what their skill set was, um, but they said yes to it because of course he would and um, he saw something in them and and basically developed them and put them on um, and for Randy she was already a professional by the time she got into you know um, got to work with him um, but Nisa I'll let you take this one because I know you had some interesting stuff for a couple of those pictures Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I really like Randy's 21 Nights book. Um, that's one of, like, the first books that I purchased after he ducked out last year. And um, she would talk about how when she was shooting him for that book, it was usually in the middle of the night, like, from 9 to 2 a.m. or something like that. Or something, like, in the middle of the night is when she shot him. And it really was not staged. She'd, like, get a call to say, hey, he's coming back to the hotel at this time. And she'd, like, light the whole alleys to get capture him getting out of the car, which is really him getting out of the car and not her positioning him at all. So that sucks because he's perfect looking at all times. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was really cool because she, she was just, like, um, even all the stars that she had photograph- photographed, 
taken pictures of, he, she still got the kind of, oh, it's Prince, so or what do I do? Or I have ideas, am I allowed to talk to him? And she was still very ner- nervous, but of course he was still pretty warm and wanted to hear her ideas and things like that. Wow, that's, uh, that's interesting. Also, uh, you know, the Steve thing, uh, Steve Park, did he show any of the pitch- any pictures? I know his, his book is out uh, now, the picturing, picturing Prince, which I would say, go get that book. It's actually, uh, I, I always tell people, I came there for the pictures, but I stayed for the stories because the stories are in the book are excellent. Um, but did he talk about the book or show any of his pictures and stuff? Um, I don't remember him talking about the book too much. They had pictures up on a projector um, here and there, but I don't think there were any from... From the book that I remember, Nisa, do you remember if there were any? Um, I don't think so. Just the ones that they'd worked together on, like Ashton and Steve, with the Planet Earth cover. But um, okay. I, I don't recall any of his. Next up is uh, another headbuster moment, in my opinion, the performance of the Revolution. Right. So um, I thought it was a wonderful. Um, they had Susanna Melvin. She was up there um, trading. Uh, lead vocals with Wendy and Stokely Carmichael from Mint Condition was there singing lead as well. Um, they did, uh, of course, the standards and they also did Roadhouse Garden and then they had Mutiny in there and an interpolation um, and they also had Our Destiny. <laughs> it was funny because they introduced Our Destiny like, I wonder if you're going to know about this and like the crowd was like, uh. <laughs> but I mean, unless you're really deep into the discography, it, that song wasn't really well known, but everyone was like, sure, sure, it's a revolution, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was curious about how this would go too, because I know some people had gone to the Revolution shows last fall at First Avenue, and it was kind of like a, a revival, everyone be emotional type experience mm-hmm. that um, Wendy kind of led. But this time it wasn't um, as much that it was. It was more celebration, and for our show, I don't believe they did. Sometimes it snows in April. Is that right, Steph? No, they did not. Yeah, so I was expecting that, and that is always a sad song, but they didn't. Oh, and um, during Darling Nikki, um, they had a guest uh, guitar player, and he got down in his knees like he did, or like when he did for Prince. That was fun. Um, and then... <laughs> it took me a minute yeah, to, to I mean, understand what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I thought it was really well done, and, and I was really happy that they kind of kept it on the up and up. And Wendy did Purple Rain, and she did all the Prince parts of that, so that was cool. Hmm. But yeah. Uh, now, Stephanie, let me ask you this: because I understand you are uh, a 1999 head, like that's your <laughs> that's your era right there, and I I respect that because that's old school. <laughs> How did they sound to you? How, I like, think they sounded great, honestly. Um, you can tell that they put in a lot of time to um, to really execute because this is their first time at Paisley Park, which kind of was a wow moment for me too. So um, I think that there were a few hiccups here and there, but um, overall it, their, their desire to really put on a great performance was really obvious. Um, and the, <laughs> the, the hiccups, I didn't even, I didn't even mind just because it was such an amazing, amazing thing to see them all up there together. Wow. What was the standout song? for you that they're performed um you know what really got me honestly was the interpolation of mutiny 
I was so excited to hear that. You can ask Anissa, I got out and did the little dance he did from the parade tour. <laughs> I was so hyped for that, like, 30 seconds of mutiny. So that was my highlight. <laughs> That's what's up. How about you, Kanisha? Um... Okay, to be 100% honest, like, I love the Revolution, but they're not my favorite band. Mm. Um, but I, I guess, I, I believe they did Let's Work, and that's one of my favorite songs from that era. Okay, so, wow, that was uh, the Revolution. So after that, that was the end of the day, is right? Do you guys go back through the merch thing again, or how, how does that work? No, they mostly shut it all down and told us to get out, because... <laughs> It was time for the second group to come oh, since we're the morning right. session. So, yeah. right. so that I'm sorry, they didn't tell us to get out, but they encouraged us to leave. The you didn't got to go home, <laughs> but you got to get the hell out of here. Pack it up, move it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that and, that and you guys were on track two, which at that time you guys ended around four o'clock or something like that in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so this is Friday, and I have to ask you this because this is where I, I saw you guys there, the, the Jesse Johnson concert. Now, I don't know how much you were into Jesse before or not, and you can tell me, but let me ask you, we'll start with Kinesa. Uh What did you think of the Jesse Johnson show? Um, it was interesting um, because Steph is the Time fan, so she's probably the one who's super excited about it. But um, it was pretty loose. We did a little Purple Rain there that he... Uh, kind of figured out at the time and everyone's saying and it was very funky um, I'm not as familiar with his work but from what I heard I am interested in that and we also had VIP as well so we got to meet him and get his autograph and he was very nice ho 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 you got to meet Jesse? yeah <laughs> damn <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm hating <laughs> hilarious well, I would say if you if you are into the, the 1999 era and that, that heavy Minneapolis sound, uh, go get his first and second album. I would say the first three, but definitely the first two. I think it would be right up your wheelbarrow. Like, it, that's, yeah. yeah. I'll have to check that out. I Like Kenny said, I'm a, I'm a fan of the time. Um, Jesse, outside of the time, not so much. My, my mom was, but I never... Die, uh, you know, I never got a chance to dive into that because I was just consumed by the time in print. <laughs> sure, yeah, definitely. And what's your mama's number? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Stephanie. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like Kenny said, it was very funky. Um, even though I wasn't all that familiar with all the songs he was playing, mm. he's just such a phenomenal guitar player. I enjoyed it so much. Um, the only thing I have to say I did not enjoy <laughs> was uh, somebody in the crowd decided it was a good idea to throw a whole bunch of purple confetti up in the air. Oh, so we got completely, um, completely covered with confetti at some point. <laughs> but um, but music-wise, he was incredible. He was, you know, engaged with the audience. Um you know, talking with us and and what have you. And uh, when we met him, extremely, extremely kind. He talked to us, asked us where we were from. um, And yeah, just a great guy. All right. So that was Friday. Uh, That's a lot to to see, to do the whole Paisley Park thing. And then to go see Jesse Johnson. Uh, That's incredible. Now, Saturday. And this time you guys start in the evening, right? Um, so 
We'll start with Kanisa. Saturday, what's the first thing that they have you do when you walk in? Okay, so I'm, I'm, I actually am kind of wanting to flex this stuff again because the opening clip was Purple Rain, April 7th, 1985. And she's huge 80s Prince fan, especially 1999 and Purple Rain. Mm. So I'm going to let her talk about that. Sure. Oh, goodness. Okay, so for the... Um, for that concert, it was a clip of Miami, April 7th, 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, Damaris introduced it as Funny Prince. Um, and it, there were definitely some funny moments, um, but also some not so family friendly moments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there were kids in the audience too so part of me is completely enjoying this and then part of me is like oh no the babies <laughs> um but he yeah that 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 clip was incredible they didn't they didn't show full concerts obviously it was only about 45 minutes but um the crowd at the end was just like oh come on don't you know don't stop this this is it was a um, a whirlwind, and I can say that Kanisa not being as much of an '80s fan as the rest of us might be, uh, her tune changed a little bit, right? <laughs> it did. I'm so ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's why everyone. Oh, I get it. Oh, I mean, of course, the music is good, but I'm more like. I'm more 90s and forward, but, and everyone's like, oh, he's so sexy during the 80s. I'm like, I don't see it. It seems kind of goofy, but I appreciate it. Hilarious. But I changed my mind on that concert for sure. <laughs> yeah. Said he was goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that 80s Prince was a beast. Yeah. What other shows did they have video? You must I'm be, sorry? you're broadcasting from the vaults or what? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, what part of the show did they did they um, show you guys? Um, it was the very beginning, all the way up until um, he gets to the the snapping. You know what that is? Orgasms, all the way up to there. Ah, okay. They stopped it right before. It was seconds before he made that comment. Got it. Got it. All right, man. Um, so you guys saw that. That was the intro thing. You said funny prince. How, how long? I'm sorry. I must have missed it. About how long a footage did they show of that concert in minutes, in your estimation? About 45. Oh, okay. Well, one, one of the things that I was, I was saying they should think about for next year is to just actually show a concert. Like, show the whole thing. Like, why can't that be one of the things you actually just to go see like like when you saw sign of the times or whatever just like yo we're gonna show this show that ain't never been seen before we're not gonna release it it's just here for you guys and we're gonna sit down yeah. sit down and watch a whole show that you ain't never heard of i, I think it would be awesome that would be and the problem being because some of the shows are so long and okay. um we were talking about that too. Like we would have less time with the panels if they did that, and then they do have that on the weekends too. We were joking like they should do a Paisley Park lock-in, where just like one weekend, we're gonna, okay, we're gonna do '80s and just stay there the whole whole day and whole night and just watching concerts, and that would be awesome. It'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, we see the concert footage, and then after that is another break. Is that right? Yes. And so. We, when you go out into the tent, you can unlock your phone and just be on it if you want. So we went to go 
public defense that uh, was open for tributes. And it was definitely filled up with all sorts of pictures and little tribute uh, art things and flowers. And I had the picture of the cymbal guitar that someone made from Lloyd, which was very cool. And we saw the people of Pacey Park banner that they had out. They were collecting um, names on Facebook for people to be able to uh, have their name at the Pacey Park tribute fence. And I saw my name on there. It's very cool. But yeah, um, that was what we did during the break. All right. Yeah. And shout out to the people of Paisley Park. Uh, I love what they do. I've talked to them a couple of times. Missed them when I was out there. But yeah, definitely shout those guys out. Um, all right. So we do another meal break. And then we go back into... Is it the, into the sound stage again? Yes. For the uh, is this the panel with Susan Rogers? Right. Yes, it is. Um, this one was very cool. It had a lot of his studio engineers. So it was Susan Rogers, Chris James from Artificial Age and Hit and Run, and Plectrum Electrum, and Dylan Dredsdell. I'm not sure if I'm saying that route right. From Hit and Run Phase Two, and he also worked on Good Hills Back in Time album. Oh, interesting. Um, that had some interesting uh, stories as well. Um, the prince not being able to sing in front of his engineers was a thing. They'd always make him either leave or make them leave, or uh, Susan got the opportunity to be in the studio with him, uh, but she would, or he wouldn't let her look at him. So she had to turn her back to him and he sung to the corner. <laughs> but she got to hear like just him without headphones, his voice um, when they were recording something for the revolution. That's always interesting to me because uh, on one hand, when he does these songs live, obviously, you know, you can see him. But then I always think about songs like, for instance, uh, Do Me Baby or something. And, you know, there's the normal stuff he sings. But then that's that whole long part in there. And he gets the. I would be like, how does he do that? I mean, I mean, I know I'm saying like. I always wonder, like, were the people in the control room, like, what the hell? But I understand now that they wouldn't be nobody there. Like, he would just yeah. be going off. And it makes sense to me on one hand, because I'm like, man, you listen to something, you'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, my man, be on some <laughs> other stuff. And I can imagine, yeah, maybe he's not comfortable going full on Prince in front of, the, you know, in front of an audience. But uh, it's very interesting because such a long career of making music. And it was like, man, just recording that in isolation is, is, is interesting. And being consistent about it, because he was that way in the 80s all the way up until 2015 or 2016 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just amazing. Um, did, they, uh, did they talk anything about like uh, the vault or anything like that? Some of his unreleased stuff during the panel with them? No, it seems that they stayed away from that, given what just happened with the Deliverance release. Um, uh, They were mostly just talking about things that happened while they were with him. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, and and I assume they didn't ask any questions. They didn't do audience questions on this either, correct? Right, no. Yeah, that's a thing I I would be curious curious going forward, uh, because particularly... I could see how it might have got a little uncomfortable this week asking some questions because of certain things that may have happened or whatever. But I would imagine at some point, you know, just as you would think of like a Comic Con or something, else, and one of the joys of the panels is that you would open it up uh, for audience uh, questions. So I would love to see that. All right. So after this, my understanding is that y'all got a chance to see 
Mr. Morris E. Day. The time. Yeah. Yeah, Stephanie, take that one. Um, well, after after that panel, we actually did like a expedited Paisley Park tour. Oh. Um, they just kind of yeah, they kind of ran you through the through the tour that we took in October, but a little condensed and a little faster just to move people through. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point when we were in the graffiti bridge slash under the cherry moon room, Kanisa and I were so fixated on <laughs> clips of Under the Cherry Moon that we had already seen a thousand times that we completely missed Moore's Day and the time walk behind us through the Purple Rain Room to uh. wherever. <laughs> all, we, all we heard was the crowd cheer and then these ladies that were next to us said, oh, did you, did you see Morris in the time? We were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So that was very upsetting. Um, but then it was all worth it afterwards um, because the time concert was just a jam from beginning to end. Um, they played everything that I wanted to hear. They played cool. They played um, Oak Tree, Fishnet, uh, yeah. 777. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can ask Kanisa, I probably lost my mind on every <laughs> single song because I was so excited to see them. Um, and then the highlight for me was, so The Walk is my all-time favorite time song. And oh. so I'm just minding my own business, doing what Morris has instructed me to do. Everybody walk your body. That's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. and, and all I see out of the corner of my eyes yeah, exactly. All I see is look out of the corner of my eye is security waving me down like, hey, hey, come here, come here. And I was like, what? And Kanisa legitimately pushes me and goes, you have to go. You have to do this. You have to go on stage and dance with them. And I was like, um, OK. So, um, yeah, they're lining up about maybe 15 of us backstage and um, they lead us on stage and we get to do the bird with Morris Day and the time. And it was the most incredible thing wow. I have ever experienced. Oh my gosh. Wow. The most. Yeah. And that was at, so cool. At Paisley Park. <laughs> at Paisley Park. Now, had you ever seen the time live before in person? I haven't. I had um, a friend that went not too long ago and um, we had planned to go when they came out here. Um, but then I found out that they would be here during celebration. So I was like, oh, great. So I'll, I'll go twice. And then this happened. I was like, well, my dreams have been fulfilled, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny that you guys, you, you mentioned the, the just missing the time story because uh, I think it was earlier that, no, it was Friday. I, uh, and shout out to J.D. Washington, another uh, listener. I had met him at his hotel just a chance to meet him and chop it up. And we were down in the lobby. Uh, this was the Lowe's Hotel. It's right across the street from First Avenue. Mm. And I actually did a live stream video on Facebook so you could see it there. So we were there talking and stuff. And he's telling me about the celebration because he was there. And he kind of offhandedly mentioned, he said, I think the time is staying here at this hotel. You know, he said, I think I saw them or something. I said, oh, it's okay. And so we get finished talking. And we're like in the sort of atrium of the hotel. And he walks back into the lobby. I walk back into this other door, which is the Starbucks. And I'm sitting there on the phone, and my phone is kind of beeping. But I'm not paying no attention because I'm talking on the phone. When I get off the phone, he had sent me a picture. Apparently, when he walked back in that room in the lobby there, Morris was just sitting there and having a drink. 
And so he had, a, you know, took a picture. Him and his wife took a picture with Morris. And I, by the time I walked back over there, of course, they're gone. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, yeah. So the time, you got to see the time y'all up there doing. You know, the thing about the time is so interesting. You know, they've been on tour probably for the last 10, 15 years. I would hesitate to guess. But mm-hmm. it's like that music that they play, you know, the stuff that Prince did on those albums was so ridiculously funky. It's mm-hmm. just as dope today. Mm-hmm. You can't not play those songs wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it's just ridiculous. So I understand what you mean. Like when you hear that stuff, particularly to, to hear it in person for the first time, that had to be like, ah, because I'd be bugging yeah. just listening to it. But uh, yeah, they get down, man. Ain't, ain't no way you can't not get down to them songs. Yeah, and they were tight still. I mean, sound-wise, they're amazing. Morris is still doing all his moves. I mean, they did not miss a beat at all. At all. Man, all right. So uh, you see the time, and then again, uh, so that's the end of that particular day of events. Is that right? Yep. Uh, Yeah, it was. All right. Now, when you guys are coming out, I mean, what do you guys do? Like To me, it's just like a, a, a... a purple you're on a purple high walking out of that building <laughs> like yeah is it like hard to go to sleep or do you guys go out like how do you like come off of that right? oh it depends on the day that day we had i think it was the family party right after oh, okay. but um it was it, it is kind of like okay okay we got to get online like we would do a little video with our um with our little tumblr group to say what happened that day and then um it, it's just like Regret is probably the biggest feeling. Mm. Yes. It's like, why didn't I do this while he was here? And then it's just, that's the, the hugest feeling. But um, it's just amazing. These days were such a, a healing feeling also. Because it, it brought a lot of closure, especially how nice and kind everyone is. It's like, this is Paisley Park. This is what he wanted it to be. And it's so awesome to be part of this, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. Um, all right. So day... Four, and uh, that's Sunday. You're on track two, so it starts in the morning. And again, they start with some concert footage. What did they show you guys? So day four um, had to give this note as we were walking in. They had the circle rainbow over Paisley Park, and everybody's like, "Ghost Prince is here!" And that was awesome. <laughs> um, I heard also that the circle rainbow is actually over all of Minneapolis, so. But it looks like it was over Paisley Park for us, so we use that for our purposes of supernatural things happening. Um, but the <laughs> intro concert for the fourth day was Tokyo 1990, mm. which was, again, it's one that's in circulation, if you know what I mean. But interesting. Um, the theme was weird. So Damar said, weird is a word to define things we don't understand. And if you tell me that I'm weird, that means I'm not like you, and you should be thankful that, you know meeting someone that can give you a different perspective type thing. So, um, again, nude, while well, 90s forward is my favorite, nude is a special time for me, which my friends would laugh about. But um, <laughs> but it was really good because now we have NPG here, or early NPG, and um, uh, we have Bonnie, not Bonnie, um, wait, oh my gosh, guys, help me. We have... Rosie. A different set of people. Rosie, thank you. Rosie Gaines. Uh, we have uh, some of the newer people. We've got Miko, mm-hmm. uh, who was around during earlier years. But this new configuration of musicians, and it's a little more 
uh, R&B-ish a little bit. Um, we have the new outfits that have Batman and stuff. But the first 90 minutes, um, I'm sorry, 45 minutes uh, was really good. Uh, the close-ups of the cutout suits are still here. Um, <laughs> again, it was, a, it was a special time. And I, it was a good concert. Um, Steph, you can add some more stuff in there. <laughs> you, you said it. I mean... I I was jamming as soon as he opened with the future. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is it. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, this. It was funny because I remember back when that that time, to me that was almost like a it was a transition sort of period because he was coming mm-hmm. off of the Love Sexy band, and it was like you said it was okay. I got some new people, and it was a whole new feel because you really incorporated Tony and those guys in the rap, yeah, and mm-hmm. even a lot of the break beats and some of the hip hop sort of production was kind of the samples and stuff started to show up. So it was a very interesting um, time. Uh, I always remember in the same period was the Rock and Rio stuff. And I was, mm-hmm. and I was, I remember like not really liking that. I was like, ah, what, what, what is this? But by the time you get to the, the uh, new tour in Japan, for instance, they were locked in. To me, I so much fell in love with that band by just watching that and really seeing Rosie when she sang um, what was the song that Rosie sings on that Ain't No Way mm-hmm. yeah that she just kills that I'm just like ah and like when they do uh, I'm just going off tra- track here but uh, Alphabet Street was was dope um, yeah do me baby my, my man like when oh. they talk about prince be floating oh, my stuff, favorite my yeah. favorite favorite yes that that tokyo do me baby i'm so glad we didn't get to that it's like i can't take it on a big screen <laughs> i think that they took it off right before then too i'm so glad yeah that and um go ahead yeah. now go ahead go ahead oh no that is like the definitive performance of do me baby <laughs> tokyo it is it's amazing because yeah <laughs> as, a, as a grown man i i was like okay I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm strictly for the ladies. I you know question, but I could I could somewhat see somewhat. Let me be very careful with my language. I can somewhat see how somebody who was moist would would oh fall gosh. into that because I was like, okay, my man, he's on some others. I was like, this nigga's floating and he's doing his thing. Like I was like, yeah, that's Prince, man. Like, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. what is, what is other one? The the electric man. The mm-hmm. <laughs> And the question of you, question, which yeah. to me is a little too much, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. St- I'm, that's your boy. Yeah, can, can nobody else do it? <laughs> so yeah, it was a cold performance. So that's that's another one I was saying. Like if they just, they could show the whole thing, it's, it's just like you can't go wrong with it. But um, anyway, I'm getting lost into the rapture of Princess. Yes, All right, so we go from that to it's the NPG slash Third Eye Girl panel, right? Who were some of the people they had up there? So that was Shelby, um, Donna Grantis, from Third Eye Girl, Adrian Crutchfield for the NPG Horns, and Kit, Kit Blackshire, who was around mm. 1999 forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did their origin stories again. And um, Shelby was seen for Anthony Hamilton, was on a break, uh, went to go audition for Larry Graham at Paisley Park, but or she went to Minneapolis, didn't realize it would be at Paisley until she got to Paisley. Mm. Um, and then she got hired, brought up to 3121 in Vegas, because um, Larry was doing opening things for him there. And again, she didn't realize 3121 was Prince's club. So they're in a practice doing higher ground. 
and a voice kept saying for her to sing it over and over again and then Larry leans over to her and says I think this is your audition and then Prince comes floating down <laughs> the aisle and she was like he was dressed so well and I'm up there in a baby fat outfit and he's like where have you been and she's like I've been working mm. and so it was gorgeous you know being in the right place in the right place time um and then she went home and got called back to come out to vegas and join prince's band and they had super bowl like two weeks later or something like that so wow. Wow. whirlwind all right. and and yeah i mean they all kind of had stories of, of i got contacted randomly uh couldn't believe it was prince it was prince and then my life changed which is pretty much everybody's story right yeah did you guys go to see the, the shelby's concerts at all yeah, we did. Yeah. That first day, uh, that's where we met Kim Barry. Oh, okay. Yep. And she was going around talking to people, and she stopped at our table. Seth has an interesting story about that, too. Yeah, she. so we saw her walking um, while we're waiting for Shelby's show to start. And she st- um, one table stopped her, and she's talking to them because she's just the sweetest lady ever. Um, and so I, I'm like, Kanisa, I think that's Kim Barry. And I don't know if she heard me or kind of saw me like oh that's her but she walked over to our table and you know introduced herself and um had a little conversation with us and i let her know that actually we have a mutual friend um my the youth minister of my church who is basically like an uncle to me um they went to high school together so oh, wow. that was pretty cool yeah and um she's just yeah she's so so sweet i really enjoyed her um and then on our way out of paisley the was it the second to last day or the last day one of those days uh, we saw her and, and she gave us a hug so i just oh, she's the sweetest person in the world yeah yes she is yes she is yeah i went to the the second day concert of shelby and mm. let me, let me shelby puts it down <laughs> that was a dope show yeah. she actually brought out donna played in one of the songs and then she even brought up uh, marva king uh, nice. as well but yeah I have to go get her album because I was digging some of those songs I was like yeah they were good Shelby's the truth you know the, the great thing about Shelby man she like as you said she meant she, she was with uh, Anthony Hamilton but you know both of them were both singing background for D'Angelo right uh, when his second album you know they went on tour with him they were part of the uh, Aquarians I, I, Soul Aquarians excuse me so if you ever look at some of those old that footage of D'Angelo with his band you know, that bald-headed black lady, that's Shelby. <laughs> the brother next to her is Anthony Hamilton. So imagine, like, all three of them buck wild, you know, tearing it down, man. Like, there's so much talent. And I just love the fact that she just kept staying with other people and kept, you know, to the point where she got with Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually saw her when I was at Paisley Park back with the One Night Alone, Larry Graham played, and she was in his band. And she stole the show, man. I was like... You don't give her the mic. <laughs> she, she take it over. But she's dope. Yeah, shout out to Shelby. Mm-hmm. Jay, for sure. And shout out to uh, Mr. Kit Blackshire as as well. Shire from St. Right. But we, we're going to get him on here, too. Um, but shout out to those guys. All right. Uh, what's after this? What happens next? Um, so next was Prince Live. And that had some of his live sound engineers in the panel. Oh, okay. Um, we had Robert Cubby Colby from 81 to 89, and then David Z, Bobby's brother, and he was sound engineer from the very beginning and, and through some of the 80s as well. Uh, this had, had a lot of stories, mostly, um, just because uh, they had him in different 
during the 80s, so, you know, different time than the later people. Uh, and being there out with him on concert tours is a different experience rather than in the studio as well. So they got to see him, you know, teaching people during sound checks or making sure everyone was tight. A um, couple of stories, David Z said he would record himself humming on a recorder since he didn't write music and then come in and recreate the sound with instruments or um, the PC Park being originally wanting to be a whole neighborhood where you could live, work and play all together. Um, and then the funny payday story <laughs> where mm-hmm. Cubby would skip lunch or he would just, um, or when Prince would dismiss everyone to go have lunch, uh, Cubby would stay with him because Prince would usually like figure something out on his instrument or adjust some things. And so he'd have a payday candy bar on his uh, setup that he would keep him being Cubby. And then a couple of days, uh, the payday bar was missing. And he's like, where is it going? And he saw Prince eating it one day. And he walks up to him and says, hey, man, that's my payday. And pay, or Prince is like, payday ain't till Friday. So, <laughs> fun guy. <laughs> he still didn't eat that day, though. But um, funny stories like that. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. So, Prince live with the, with the engineers. And then we come to the final payoff. Uh, so, the final performance is the npg talk to us about that stephanie can you start us off with that one um i'm probably gonna swing it to kanisa because this was so the way i was going crazy for the time the day before (laughs) kanisa was in her zone for the npg Um, but i do not blame her because they were incredible um it was just a non-stop up and until the very end, um, it was just nonstop jamming. Um, they brought out Marvel, of course. Uh, Kip was singing lead on a lot. Um, we had Andre Simone come out and do um, do lead on a few songs as well. Um, who else am I missing? I think those three pretty much did the lead on most songs. But um, I'm going to throw this one to Kanisa because... This was this was her concert. <laughs> it absolutely was. Oh my goodness! So, like, like I said, I'm 90, 90 91 forward when it comes to <clears throat> the the part of the discography that I love the most. And before, I, I always say my favorite is One Night Alone. Uh, but before, uh, when I was first, not first, when Prince first stuck out. I was really into this like 91, 92 to 94 period. And cause I thought he was like a bad boy and I'm like, I could get with that. But, um, symbol album was my, one of my top five. So they started with sexy MF and then went into love to the nines. And I was just like, yes, no one ever does these songs live. Even when they do the tribute concert, especially love to the nines. And so I was like singing and like dancing real hard. Like I was dancing to the two step, the nice two step for most of the other stuff, but I was just like full out like about to break my ankle type dancing for this stuff. And they did like money don't matter tonight. They did call the law, which everybody has stuff to say about that album or the rapping. Club. But yo, it's like, it's a jam, you know, whatever. Yeah. They did arrogance, that short little part of arrogance, uh, Billy Jack bitch. We were waiting the whole weekend for someone to do housequake properly. And they finally did. And I was very excited. Did the jump up on the one yeah. the dance the whole time. It's tired. And, um, <laughs> The end of it, though, because uh, we went to the tribute last October. So at that tribute, they would have the band playing and they'd have a voice be piped in over it. And the voice was Prince. So we were expecting that 
or when we started to hear that in this closing concert, um, we were like, okay, they're doing that again. But they did it with Kiss. And what happened was um, they would pipe the song in, the band would be playing Kiss, and then you'd hear voice. And at first you're not sure who it is, and then you're like, oh, is that Prince? That's Prince. And they're using his voice track from the 2011 Madison Square Garden show. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly right on top of the lyrics where it's supposed to be. He would like, I live and say different things. And so you're like, oh. And so it's funny because me and Steph were like, it was all hoax. He's going to come out and be like, psych. And then like, <laughs> the album. Wow. But um, of course that didn't happen. And then Purple Rain started. And I have to say, we probably heard Purple Rain like 36 times the entire time while we were up there, whether it was playing as background music in the soundstage or on the radio or whatever. I would recommend that they hold that song until the very end. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so they started playing Purple Rain and the voice came in over it. And of course, it was very emotional. Everybody started, I mean, already hearing his voice with Kiss, everyone's like, oh, but it was a fun song and we're all dancing. But when Purple Rain started, it's like, okay. This is the time to yeah. be, you know, with it and kind of let it absorb. I didn't get emotional this time. I was bawling last time they did that. But um, it, it was it was a really special time. And Steph, you can talk more about that. Yeah, so we switched. So at the tribute, while I did get teary-eyed and whatnot, I, I held it together. Um, but something about this time maybe being in Paisley, hearing that they were also showing footage from the the tour so seeing him on the screen um just a combination of all that i yeah i bawled i will not lie i I did um but it was it still didn't make me feel depressed or or sad or anything um it was like kanisa said very healing um i came out of there feeling so inspired and just it almost, we talked about it afterwards, it almost felt like a revival of sorts, not to sound like blasphemous or anything, but there were times during, you know, when Damaris is speaking or what have you, um, where I wanted to say amen a few times just because <laughs> of the, you know, the emotion that it evokes. So, yeah, I, I definitely I opened the floodgates to Purple Rain um, that night. Wow, nice. Um, whew. Just listening to it, it kind of makes me emotional a little bit. What, what was, um, let, let's sort of, sort of wrap this up in a sense. And I want to ask you guys your, your overall impressions and thoughts. <clears throat> what, first of all, I shouldn't even ask this question, but was it, it, was, it sounded like it was well worth the price of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely, because I actually went to the last Atlanta show, and that ticket was like $315, and it was maybe 80 minutes worth of time it was like but you know it was print so okay a lot of more of that mm-hmm. but um i think it was worth it because i know both of us balked at that price at first but it was a lot of content and we didn't it's not necessarily that we learned so much because we're kind of obsessed to it not i mean deeply interested in <laughs> trivia about print but um it was more the shared environment it i can't really even put into words what that environment was to be among so many fans and all of us being here to celebrate Prince and how it was just, it was very emotional throughout, but not sad, depending on how you process Prince. And to really experience the full end-to-end, Prince was really nice and he could be a hard boss and he was very sexy and he's very um, just kind of humanitarian. It's like all these aspects of Prince to hear this from people who worked with him and 
to he- see their emotions speaking about him and to know that even though they were right next to him working with him, he had the same impact on them as he did on us as fans. Yeah. That kind of brought us all closest, closer together. Like we're all family and you really, really get that being at an event like this. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, uh, maybe this might be another dumb question, but are you guys going to go next year? And secondly, what would you like to see different or add it to this event next time? Ooh, well, for me, yeah, definitely. I mean, Kanisa and I talked about it. We were like, so next year, right? Um, and maybe even possibly before. Um, but for me, what I would like to see, um, I agree with you, Michael. I would love to see full concerts, even though I know that it'll give us less time for the panels. Um, but we kicked around ideas, maybe them starting an hour earlier and doing six hours instead of, you know, the five hours to um, increase time for panels for Q&A and things like that. Um, I would like to see definitely a, a full concert. Maybe there's not a panel on one day and we have just a day of concert screenings, period. You know, um, I other than that, I, th- I think that they for for a first run, it went really well. I can understand why they tried to fit so much in it just because it's it's so much to to be known um you know they're just trying to scratch the surface and 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 get the the origin stories and get the basics down but i think as the years go on they'll be able to dive deeper and maybe one year they focus just on the studio aspect and the next year they focus on just the whatever whatever maybe that's the way they have to do it to keep it going for you know however long mm-hmm. about you Kanisa? yeah i communication about what's to come because we really didn't know anything about what was going to happen until we got there for the most part so maybe having um like a website with information about what the schedule would be or even parking stuff because we got emails maybe a day or two before about where to park and things like that and then also having a program like i mentioned before um to get some of those origin stories in there. So less time would be on saying that during the actual panels. Um, also routing through Paisley Park, because they have a lot of it shut off to keep everyone in different parts. So it's sometimes hard. There's a big crowd going from session to session, just kind of letting the crowd flow better. Maybe we need to walk outside to get different parts or different things like that. Um, the merch. <laughs> I like... <laughs> brought this huge suitcase so they'd have more room to get more merch in. And really all they had was celebration specific things. They had to like tambourines and like smaller things, but to have like the regular merch out would have been nice. Cause I was looking for a couple of t-shirts and posters that were just not out there. Okay. And, um, just different things like that. I heard some things about VIP. I, I won't speak for it cause we were general admission, but, um, maybe having some more exclusive stuff. Cause I thought it was interesting that we were first couple of rows as general admission where VIP was like the center section all the way back. And I like we were like we have better seats than they do, and I feel like I would be mad about that, but that's mm. fine. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. And and I say this earlier in the show before you guys come on. I think another thing they could add too is exclusive uh, music, like listening mm. sessions or something. Like you know, again, it's not this is not something we're releasing, but it's just for you guys. You're here, so we we went down and picked out you know ten songs. They're mixed. We're going to load those up. 
and have a seat. We're going to listen to, you know, these 10 songs from 19 whatever. And, mm-hmm. and we're just going to sit here and vibe and check it out. And then we can ask some questions and, and, and like give us the music, like actually mm. use, use a session as a chance to say this is going to be called The Vault. And we're actually going to play cool. some unreleased music that none of y'all ain't never heard of. And you're going to hear it in these giant speakers. And, you know, your phones are cut off. There's no, we don't have to worry about bootlegging. Yeah, that, so that would be one of the things I would, I would push for them to think about adding something like that. That would be phenomenal because, again, you're getting the actual music. You know, it would be great to have Susan come in and explain, like, hey, so these songs here were done during this period and maybe this mm-hmm. was the project they were supposed to go with or maybe they just do like the crystal ball session or something and actually play mm-hmm. that real way he wanted it to be and you can hear this in crystal clear and maybe we show some rehearsal footage that you never saw so these are different things i'm thinking going forward they might want to think because at a certain point you're going to run out of people to to, to have panels i mean and, and, and let me I'm trying I'm just being funny but the Robin Power panel or <laughs> oh. you know something like you'll run oh. out after a while so it's like let's just go to, to the deep yeah to the deep content you know what I'm saying can I just second the Robin Power panel Paisley please if you're listening oh I, I, I actually kind of would want to see that too because I because she got some stories you know so many stories. Yeah, but yeah. but you know I've what been, I'm saying. Uh, one other I've been interview forever. <laughs> oh, well, you know, hey, one you other never suggestion know. I would have, especially for the tour, since there's not a lot of time there, um, having the rest of Paisley open like during the break period, and then have people posted in the different areas so they can um, hmm. explain what's in those rooms. Because again, all we got was a walkthrough, and they had like the Love Sexy room, Sign of Times room, and Diamonds and Pearls room, but there was a rope there so you couldn't go into them whereas when we did our tour we could walk in and see things so so if they're concerned about time and since it's going to be four days or whatever just kind of flow people through there or on their own time to be able to go see that information yeah definitely that would that would yeah you should definitely be able to go see everything that at least that they show on those tours if you've paid to go to the to the celebration um the other thing i would throw is maybe uh and, and again, I thought everything worked. Well, there was a lot of different events going on during that period. Uh, shout out to the, it was a Shockadelica party I went to. That was excellent. Uh, I should talk, maybe I should say a little bit about that. Um, so did you guys get a chance to go to the Purple Rain house? Swing by that anyway? Like the house that was in the movie? Not this time, but in October we did. Okay. So there was a, they had a party down at the end of the block of that house. Uh, there's some sort of it's like a a hall or something that you can rent or something and it's interesting because if you go through the back of the building you can see like these i don't know what they're grain towers or something but they were in purple rain too like prince rides his bike through there so it was so eerie to like i was like man we're down the, there's only a few houses down this purple rain house then you see you know this other landmark you see in the movie and it was just a it was a party for fans and, and when i tell you they just play nothing but prince they played nothing but deep prince and then they had like a video screen and just playing concerts and stuff uh and, and it was fabulous it was probably i don't know 20 or 30 people there the whole time but it was great it was actually it was free and they didn't they didn't shut it down to like like three or four in the morning uh it was awesome and at one point they uh they played uh new position 
and everyone did this did what they were doing in the movie so yeah everybody Aww. going around in a circle doing that whole dance it was it was just it was great stuff um but like i said there was a lot of different events of course you had talked about that prn family uh event that mm-hmm. they had i'm so kicking myself i got sick and i wasn't able to go see that but I wanted to go so bad. But shout out to them for that. Um, but I was going to say maybe um, even maybe tighter integration with some of these other events uh, and work that into Paisley somehow. Like, um, you know, yeah, you have most of the events at Paisley, but maybe there's like, hey, we're going to have a room at the convention center or something like that where it's just a, you know, keep it all as sort of keep track of everything that's going on. So it's a little more tightly integrated. So the visitors don't have to try and like piece together. Oh, where is this going to be at? Where is that going to be at? Type of yeah, thing. definitely after parties for those bands that they had. Yes. I would totally go to an NPG after party. I wanted to hear more of the Third Eye Girl stuff, and they didn't really do any while we were there. Mm. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, any lasting things you guys want to mention about the celebration? No. Um. Let me ask you this: Had, Did they announce or give any idea when next year's tickets would be on sale? They did not. They just said that it would be open to the people who went before, or they would let us know first. But it was, I think, April nineteenth through the twenty second next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they mentioned uh, an event called Xenophobia this fall, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So I'm curious to see what right. that's about. Yeah. Yeah, Paisley yeah. wants us to stay poor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I just d- d- set up a direct deposit. You know, you can put it on, your, have it come out of your check every time. Right. Oh, yes, they did say that you could de- do deposits for the next time to reserve your spot. So that is a thing. Yeah, payment plans would be great. I think more people would be able and more inclined to go if there was a, a formal payment plan because dropping 500 all at once was um very nerve-wracking for me <laughs> yeah. so um i, I think mm-hmm. that yeah i think that that would be a great idea all right well ladies and gentlemen there you have it the whole four-day event we've talked about it um listen oh also you got to do this um stephanie give the people the uh, your tumblr website where they can find that sure um it's just my first name and my middle name smashed together. So Stephanie spelled the traditional way, P-H-A-N-I-E, um, J-U-H-N-A-Y, Stephanie Janae. Stephanie Janae. All right. And Kanisa, how can they find your I am, page? I am Darling Nisi, uh, just regular darling and N-I-S-I dot Tumblr.com. All right. And now, and also I got to ask, because you, you mentioned something to me that was incredible. So you, you guys have... Uh, like a Tumblr group of Prince fans, right? Yeah, but it's a secret one. So. Oh, well, it's a, it's a secret cabal of, of, of Tumblr Prince fans. It's Illuminati of Prince fans. They get together. It is. Yeah, but I mean, um, we, we still all kind of share um, public tote. Like, check the tags. I'll just say check the there tags, you and you can kind of see who the members are, <laughs> because we have inside jokes that we'll say, and um, we do kind of have, like, extended members of the of the collective that really Tumblr's a family, just like anything else, yeah. just like Prince Fam is, so it, it's like that. <laughs> that, yeah. that. That's dope, because, you know, one of the things that I think, one of the takeaways we can always take away from some Prince stuff is it brings people together, like, 
you know, mm-hmm. so many different people. And that was the one thing. It was international audience there in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. And I was, I tip my hat to Minneapolis because, man, there was so much love there in the town. Everywhere yeah. you went, it was something about Prince and just talking. I, you know, I, I did Uber a lot, so just talking to Uber drivers. It was just so cool. Everybody really understood that everybody was coming into town and wanted to make sure you got where you got to get to. And, hey, maybe you should go check out this, you know. So all that was was dope. They really represented Prince very well. Um, I was going to ask, before we get out, I know I'm, I'm like the, Stephanie, I'm like that pastor when he's like, I'm about to go now, but before we <laughs> Before I get off the pulpit, here's the other great thing, and I, I got both of you guys on here, so I want to ask you this. As you can hear, Prince is for all ages. So mm-hmm. I love that. You know, Kinesi, you say you're really feeling 91 forward. That's dope. Stephanie, I would imagine you're a young lady yourself, but you are into, you know, that 83 you know 1999 what time is it era it just goes to show like man that music just connects with everyone there's something in there for everybody and i wanted to ask you guys before we get out of here is the last question i'll ask uh starting with kinesa and we may have talked about this offline but how did you get into prince um so have to say i know we never mentioned these two people together but the other person the mj my family's very much about that because my dad worked for pepsi and so we got to go to his concerts all the time but um i was aware of prince when i was younger i'm i'm only 32 i'll just go ahead and throw that out there so um when he was his biggest time it was very adult messages and my family is very like oh you don't need to hear that and so i really became aware of prince i knew of you know adore and um, those classics from the 80s but I really only became aware of him as a mini fan like around Diamonds and Pearls time so um, hearing that through the 90s uh, and then really getting deep deep into him around 2004 because again adult adult kind of themes I'm like what is he talking about sure it sounds wonderful but I, I can't relate to it so I couldn't really relate to it until I was about 19 and then um, from there I was like oh my gosh this person says things that I hear in my head and I've never been able to put into words. And that's really amazing that now I have a vocabulary for all these things. And not just like adult things, but just kind of thoughts like being an introvert and things like that. So 2004 forward, I was very deep into it. I added him to my harem of sorts. And then that's kind of how it kicked off. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, Stephanie, how did you get into Prince? Um, for me, it was definitely inherited. My mom was a huge Prince fan because, you know, she grew up in the 80s. So um, he's actually probably some of my earliest music memories. I, I don't I don't know a time that I never knew Prince or listened to him because I was <laughs> I was listening to listening to him very young. Um, so, um yeah, I, I remember my mom um, being mad at me for constantly stealing her CDs. <laughs> Sign of the Times was her favorite. Um, Parade was another favorite of hers. Um, and Love Symbol, actually. And, um, yeah, I just remember being in, like, elementary school, middle school, running off with her CDs and just playing them on repeat mm-hmm. just because I was so in love with the sound. And... You know, I'm 10, 11. I don't know what 
<laughs> what any of these themes are, but I just knew that I liked what I heard. And as I grew up, um, you know, he's always been in my music rotation. But after, you know, after he passed last year, that's when it was very bittersweet for me because because he was so private, there was not as much access to him before he passed. And now we have all of this access, which is incredible. Um, you get to meet incredible people, you know, the the whole secret Tumblr group and stuff. That wouldn't have happened had it not been for us passing and, and us being able to connect over his music and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, he's just always been there, but it got... It got more intense, and I think I've learned to appreciate um, him more as not just a musician, but just as a as a human being. Um, mm. And even more so now, after the celebration, just coming away and um, hearing about his legacy and how profound it was as a musician, as a mentor, and all of that is just, yeah, incredible. Inspiring. Yeah. Inspiring, yeah, for so, sure. So, man, y'all, y'all like the children of the children of the corn. Y'all children of the purple, like <laughs> <laughs> new new power fans. I love it, man. Like, I I, I can't. I, I it just fascinates me because it, the way you just described, like your mom was deep into it, and mm-hmm. like you were like the the babies that heard this music that your parents was playing. You know, which is amazing because I for me it would have been like you know I, my mom and them they played you know, the early 70s music and you know, all that stuff. And I fell in love with that because I remember hearing it as a child. Like, oh, okay, and this is what my mom and then was playing. So when you go back and you really can listen to them for yourself and you start mm-hmm. to get that awakening, you're like, wow, this yeah. music is amazing. I can imagine like hearing some Prince, like, because he's got so much material to be like, whoa, I see mm-hmm. what I was listening to. Now I really know what I was really hear to. it. Yeah, yeah you know? that that's yeah, that's probably the biggest change for me. Hearing it and be like, oh yeah, cream. And everyone, I always hear people saying, oh, that's a sexual song. I'm like, have you listened to the lyrics of that song? Because it's not at all. It's very empowering, actually. And just hearing the the underlying meanings of songs mm-hmm. later as an adult, as you've gone through things and being like, oh yeah, that's exactly what that's about. And not about the sex stuff, but just just life. And it's, yeah. it's deep. He's got so many layers in his writing, uh, which is a yeah. whole other book and shows. But yeah, his <laughs> lyrics, man, is so much stuff in there. It it boggles my mind because I still go back and listen to stuff and be like, I actually didn't, I didn't even catch that before. I'm like, okay, damn. This yeah, is so- it's always a new experience. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap things up. I want to thank you guys for coming on for sure. Like just really sharing your experiences out there in paisley park and the celebration uh, also wanted to send make sure that those at paisley park that listen to this listen we're fans and uh you got our business no doubt about it and we all want to see this legacy continue to grow so hopefully take this as uh you know this is what your your, your customer base is is thinking about and what we enjoyed and what we would love to see going forward so hopefully that helps you guys uh put some new ideas on the table um, and again, we always got to remember why we're here because we love some Prince, uh, whatever it is that you love about Prince. You know, I'm, I really love the music, but I understand, you know, my man visually was incredible. Performances are incredible. The stuff he did behind the scenes is incredible. So we love it all. That's why we're here. 
and we do have to wrap things up uh my brother's got issues going on with the with, with the other stuff so i'm gonna shout them out shout out to big sexy shout out to sean hill okay shout, shout, out to, shout out to sean hill uh amp Poo, uh q storm big ken day dropping uh and shout out to all the people that uh, and shout out to em leonard as you listen to this you heard him first uh definitely shout out to him shout out to all of the listeners that we met uh at uh minneapolis such a blessing to, to meet everybody uh and put faces to the names we'll be back next year we're gonna be back next year in full force it's going down next year as was mentioned we might even be there earlier hey with that work it like a job we will see you next time Peace.